and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. This is the final episode of January. Coming in right at the buzzer on January. January is one of those months that has 31 days. And uh, we're doing a, a morning record. It is before noon. Those are relatively rare for us. But uh, I'm feeling good. I got my coffee. I got my two pals, Nerd Bomber and Tectic. Are you guys sufficiently caffeinated? Yeah, I'll be all right. I've had a cup of joe. Cup of joe. Why is it called a cup of joe? Do we know the et- etymology of that phrase? It's a dark story and we really shouldn't get into it. I think it may be because they also call coffee Java, right? So maybe it became Joe because it's short for Java. Also, Java is a place. So I'm kind of confused about the whole Java thing. I really don't know. I, it might be a dark story, as Tactic is saying. I think he's joking. Bales of, maybe it's of not a joke. Really? You think that's where yeah, we're oh going? Yeah. Well, then you're right. Let's not talk about it. I got a, I'm a, my coffee. I just finished my coffee. So I'm in a good spot. My wife's getting back into tea, which I had a tea phase that I'm off of tea. Is she watching like the the crown or anything like that? Like anything British? I feel like the British no. have their tea. That might be a stereotype. It's it's a health thing. Okay. Tea is like, I, I think tea is it, healthier for you. It is. And like, especially if you get into the herbal teas, I know there's a lot of benefits to specific herbal teas. Like I think green tea is supposed to be good for something immune system wise. And I know if you get into like the chamomile, it's supposed yeah. to be good for stress. Well, yeah. And it's like, I, I think, and I agree with this, not that I'm drinking the tea with her, but I agree with this aspect of it. I think it's just like very often in life, you encounter situations. I encountered this situation yesterday where like, I'm not hungry or thirsty I just want, I want flavor, you know, you ever been in that situation? And like in other circumstances, you might be like, I'm going to have a glass of wine, but now you can be like, I'm going to have tea, which provides the flavor, but I can also feel better about it. You know, I, when I'm in that mood lately, I get into like seltzers, like, especially if I'm yep, stressed do, or something, like instead of going for a glass of wine or something, I will go for a seltzer, which I feel like is healthier. Like, not that wine is horrible, but like alcohol in general, I think is not necessarily great for your body. But I've been leaning towards the seltzer. Now you're talking about alcoholic seltzer. No, 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 no. Leaning towards like just standard bubble water. No alcohol. Yeah. We go hard. This household is like sponsored by LaCroix. We're propping up LaCroix in this house. Not that they need propping. They're a massive business. But like we go through, I'm not exactly proud of this. And like it started with my wife and then it kind of bled into me is like, we go through lemon LaCroix specifically at like a pretty alarming rate, but it's like, they haven't really found, correct me if I'm wrong. Haven't they not really found anything wrong with sparkling water yet? It's only a matter of time, but like, I think it's still generally considered pretty good. The main things that I know is the liner in the cans is plastic. There's a thin plastic liner in any soda can for anybody who didn't know. What's a little more right. plastic? I mean, I'm getting barraged with plastic all the time. And so. the other thing is potentially like the the bubbles, the carbonation could be bad for your teeth enamel. But like, again, everything that we have, like coffee is terrible for your teeth enamel. So is anything acidic. So whatever. Right. You. I'm surprised though, if you go through that much, do you guys own a soda stream? You know, we don't. Back when it was just her doing it, I tried to sell her on the soda stream. She said no, and I don't even remember why. It might be a worthwhile thing for us to do. It's just like, there is like a convenience factor. And again, I'm really not proud of this. Like, I'm super not proud of this now. Like, we also have a Brita filter in our fridge, but we never, just the act of taking it out and filling it in the sink, it seems like was too much for us. The convenience of bottled water, which is, I know, terrible for the environment. That's also more plastic. Like, it's we caved and we're buying bottled water now which is really bad i but i like, want to sell i you... think lacroix is the same thing it's like it's it's more convenient because you can just take a can out pop it and that's it okay like, so i have two things to sell also sure it's way more expensive the soda stream you Go can on. make so you make the bottles in like a liter or so so just make a bunch at the beginning of the week and then you have a ton um we do have a soda stream i've kind of cut back on seltzer like now i call it my sad girl seltzer hours where like if i'm really stressed that's when i kind of lean towards it so i don't have it consistently enough to sad girl (laughs) (laughs) hashtag hashtag sad girl seltzer hours i can't even say it but that's really good and then um i sell you and obviously this would be a big investment but if you ever are in the market for a new fridge get one with a little water thingy in it because like that game changer i, know, I always that's that would be growing up i yeah, thought that the people who had those were like super bougie so the first time that we bought our own fridge and got our own house we made sure we had one of those and it's fantastic love it my parents have a water dispenser in their fridge they've had one in their fridge for like i don't know when they got their new fridge which was probably at this point 10 plus years ago 
at a certain point something mechanical broke in it where like they replaced the filter a few times doesn't seem to fix it the stream is really low so it can't really be so used it's a weak stream and they won't well and they won't fix it and i'm like are you kidding me like you've developed this is a huge life improvement quality of life bump that you just are ignoring and like aren't willing to fix like i would i would kill for a water dispenser free when i wouldn't pay that much money for one but like i well, if i could like mostly, you said you moved into a house like that had you one, you win if you need a new fridge now i think they're more or less standard like almost every fridge comes with them now unless you get like the bare bones like the old school two two door like almost like chest freezer type but w- when mm-hmm. i tell you our, our power went out a few times in the last couple of weeks like you know it's winter it does that and my internal panic when I went to get a glass of water and then realized that I couldn't use the fridge to get my water. You had to drink tap water. I was water. just like, what is this? And then I went and got a water bottle because I'm not drinking. Like, there's nothing wrong with tap water. I grew up on tap water, but so I don't know. I. There's yeah. just the convenience. It tastes crisper. I can't tell you why. I can't tell you. No, it it, it, it for sure does. Now, I, this will move on, but I have one more question of a personal personal nature if you would indulge me you said sad girl seltzer hours mm-hmm. when are those hours is this like an 8 p.m to 12 midnight situation is it a set slate of hours it's directly correlated to stress or if something like bad has happened so i this all started like i don't know a few months ago we were having like a little shindig at my work office and i had brought in a bunch of seltzer waters probably like eight packs of you know the 12 cans And we did not go through them all. So I had them at my desk. And every time I would get like really stressed, I would crack one open. You crack one. And so now it's like a Pavlovian response (laughs) where like anytime I'm like overly stressed. So like, for example, I I got a cricket for Christmas and I bought this little like cart thing, right, to put it on and put my heat press on all that all that jazz the, yeah the, pa- the paper cutting thing not to be clear you didn't get a pet no cricket. no no That's the paper cutting of... machine yeah. and so on amazon right. i bought you know your standard particle board like cabinet rolly thing for like a printer and partway through putting it together like we realized the measurements didn't match what was on the website and i thought that it wouldn't work for the uh, so, you, so you went and you cracked I the did. filter and it ended up you know after and i, I built it the rest of it alone no, you did not <laughs> Um, I came back and realized after we finished building it that it did, in fact, work. But the sad girl seltzer got me through it, gave me that push to keep going. I feel like there's an ad campaign that has a similar, like, sort of premise of, like, if someone's in a bad situation, if they take a second and pop a cold, like, it's a Snickers. Up or something and drink it. <laughs> it's a Snickers. Is it Snickers? Okay. Yeah. So you're basically living the Snickers life. So it's not a set. It's not a set of hours. No. That's, I, I wanted to clarify that it wasn't like a, a schedule. I guess it could be like thing. sad girl stress hour or something you should know. reach out to them though sad i guarantee you a commercial of it's time for a sad girl sad seltzer girl seltzer would sell like hotcakes hey any that would seltzer he's right get at me yeah that's that's 100 true today guys we're going to the movies we have three movie or at least movie adjacent topics to go through we're we're in that we're at that point in the year as January bleeds into February, where we're starting to get a little bit of a tease of like what the summer movie season is going to be like, or even later spring. So this is probably going to be a trend where we're going to be talking at least one movie thing a week for probably a while is what I would guess. I should, I guess I shouldn't predict that necessarily, but we got three movie topics today. We're going to be talking about Dune 2, which I'm very excited about. We're going to be talking about a new trailer that we got uh, involving Jordan Peele, who's like kind of the big dog right now. And, uh, we're going to talk about Ricky Stenicki, which I don't even know what else to say about that, but we can probably start with that one because that one, I believe, is the one that is, uh, it's, not, it's not quite the one that is most upcoming, I guess, coming out March 7th. Ricky Stenicki. This is a movie starring Zac Efron, John Cena, and a bunch of other folks who I don't think most people would know about. This is coming straight to Amazon Prime on March 7th. And this is, I think, trying to do something. And I'll get your take on this in a second. It's, I think it's trying to do something similar to what No Hard Feelings did, where it's trying to bring back a certain brand of comedy movie that was a big deal in like the mid to late 2000s. Maybe I have the time period a little bit incorrect there. But this is a buddy comedy is, is yes, what I would refer to it as. Companies. What I will say, so if you haven't, seen the trailer that dropped this past week you can pause the podcast go watch it because we're going to talk about it what i'll open the discussion by saying is i think john cena is maybe underratedly funny no he's appropriately ratedly funny 
I think he's always really funny. I think this is a good role for him. I don't really like, I think this premise has a lot of juice. I worry a little bit that it's going for like, it's going for a lot of adolescent laughs that it doesn't have to go for. If that makes sense. Like a lot of penis jokes that I'm like, that's fine. But like this, this premise has a lot of other sources of comedy without just saying, I'm glad you mentioned the penis jokes because we're going to, we're going to talk about that in a little bit as well. But I want to, I want to, I want to talk about the premise of this movie. The, The premise is there's three friends. They always say, Hey, they're going to meet up with Ricky and they've been telling their families this for years for various reasons. They have to see Ricky, the cancer, whatever. And lo and behold. And to be clear, Ricky doesn't exist and they use this as an, Ricky's not an opportunity real. to go to like raves, parties, what have you. The World Series. And lo and behold, they they are nervous that Ricky's going to get found out that he doesn't exist. So they hire a, a person to step in as Ricky and then various shenanigans ensue. And so... There's a lot of movies like this where it's like a guy's trip. And I I just want to ask the listeners, is that a common thing that happens where you leave your your wife, your family, whomever behind to go for a trip with the boys? Is this a thing that people do? I think so. uh, Yeah. So I've never done it. Granted, I've only been married for a year and a half. But like. But you were in a relationship longer. I was in a relationship longer. And like it wasn't it hasn't really ever been a thing for me. I do think for a lot of guys, I think it is. I think, I, I, I don't know if the listeners will bear me out on that, but like, it's at the very least a media archetype that is, like you said, been done many, many times over. So like, it doesn't feel that out of place as a plot device, but you're probably right to ask the question. I think they're probably getting less common. I think it's probably like, you know, a little bit like bachelor parties taking place with strip clubs. It's like, it doesn't really happen anymore. At least as far as I know, it doesn't really happen Depending anymore. on the listener's feedback, to. I might propose to you to become my boy. And maybe we'll go on a trip someday. We just go on uh, romantic one-on-one trips. Yeah. Or just <laughs> shenanigans. Yeah, I'm open to that. This, this movie, you know, again, I think it's trying to do something similar to, to what No Hard Feelings did. Which I think is great. I will say, I watched this trailer. I think it's great. I watched this trailer with my wife and I, she said the trailer looked dumb. And I voiced that opinion of like, oh, it's just trying to do what No Hard Feelings did. We like that movie. And she said, yeah, but No Hard Feelings had a female lead. And, I, and, sh- and she she basically stated that that was very important. It probably helps reel in the dick jokes. There, uh, Yeah, like No Hard Feelings I it certainly yeah, had. No I mean, based on, based on the premise. In some aspects. But that was a, a direct result of the premise. Like, my, my, my point is, this movie, it's like, it's kind of choosing that for some reason. And like, again, I don't, I don't want to harp on that negatively and be like, it's because like, again, so many comedies of this ilk back in the day did the same exact thing. It's like the raunch is to some people what the draw of the movie is. I just feel like there's probably a way to go about this that would be just as funny without that, I guess. I think, and this is probably going to be a weird example, but I want you to think about it. I think Superbad walked that line very, very well. And this was the time when, when that was all coming out like this was the genre when that you were referring to, and they talked about sex and and privates and and just crude comedy. But for whatever reason, it worked because they were also kids pre high school, so it made sense. When you start to encroach on like these are adults, it it you have to be very careful. I think that this is going to well, end up a little bit more like tag the Jeremy Runner, other people in this movie who I can't remember movie that came out. Ed, Ed yes. Helms. Yeah, I never did see this movie, but I, I, I know. And I think it. Tag, in its trailer, if I'm remembering correctly, Tag leaned into the raunchiness to try to get that like comedy factor out there. But it ended up being a little bit more heartfelt of a movie. And they too were older men who were in committed relationships in most most of them at least. And it ended up being a good balance between you know the raunchy stuff that will draw in a slightly less mature crowd and a more mature like adult comedy. And I feel like this has the potential to do that. And they probably are just leaning into maybe the, the dick jokes and all that kind of stuff for the trailer. Which like, yeah. And, and you know, I, I think there's also an argument to be made though, because like another movie similar to this was hall pass. If you remember that movie where like two guys that are husbands, their wives give them hall passes. So the whole premise of the movie is like, we're going to go out and we're going to put some P's and some V's. And like, there's, when the premise of the movie is directly that, like, I'm, I'm, I'm much more willing to, like, give a pass to it. And the, I think the other argument you could make is, like, I don't know if you could make that movie in 2024. You could make it in 2011, certainly. But, like, does this brand of humor hold up is a general question that I have. I think I trust 
John Cena and Zac Efron, weirdly enough, to toe that line. Because John Cena, the HBO show, the DC... Yeah, I can't think of the name of it either. But I feel like that did a really good job. And John Cena, in most of his comedic roles, does a really good job of bringing humanity and some seriousness to an otherwise super goofy role. I think that's partly why his comedy is so underrated and why he's so successful in comedic roles is because he lends a realistic nature to even the most insane characters. Like he grounds them in reality in a way that doesn't seem like it should be possible. And Zac Efron has played enough dramatic roles and comedic roles where I think he can also probably toe that line as well. So I think that with those guys at the helm, I can't see them taking a script that would be completely dumb. I don't know. I don't have another way to put it, but I don't think they would take a script that is like super, super dumb. What's interesting about this too, this is directed by Peter Farrelly. If people don't know him, he's famous for Dumb and Dumber. There's something about Mary, Shallow Hell is another movie. Like the most recent movie he made before this one was Green Book. Do you guys remember Green Book from like six years ago? So like he took a very sharp left turn into drama and now it looks like he's, for lack of a better term, returning to his roots. So... I don't know. This movie, if you Google it, Ricky Stenicki, like it's labeled as a comedy drama. I question, I, I, I could see it taking a dramatic turn. I question their ability to do that in a sensible way when all the jokes are dick jokes, I guess. Like I, I maybe that's if what you don't see the is. writing on the wall for how they're going to make it dramatic, it's a hundred percent going to be them welcoming Ricky into their fold and actually having annual meetups with now Ricky as the actual Ricky. Like that's the dramatic turn. It's it's he's a sad guy, and they through shenanigans found friendship. Is that dramatic? Like I I, sure. I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I will potentially considering this movie is not getting a theatrical release. It's just coming out on Amazon Prime. I will potentially watch it. I will say I am surprised. I'm not going to guarantee that I will. In the wake of No Hard Feelings, and I'm trying to think, there were, like Joyride was another comedy that did fairly well at the box office this summer. There were a few. I'm surprised that it isn't getting a theatrical release, especially with the star power in it. I feel like John Cena and Zac Efron alone are enough to sell tickets to a movie, and I'm a little confused that they decided to go pure streaming on this because I think Prime has done in the past where they've done not quite concurrent, but it goes to theaters first for like a limited run, like a month or two, and then it'll hit Prime after. I'm just surprised it's not the the way that they're going with it. Also a very interesting, I don't want to call it a left turn for Zac Efron because he's done everything, but he's coming off of the Iron Claw, which like people are saying he should have gotten an Oscar nomination for that. Like, I guess it's a very, very intense dramatic turn. And like, obviously he doesn't know when he when he makes these things before they get really like he probably filmed Ricky Stinicky before Iron Claw was even released. But like it's just interesting that now people are like, hey, we should maybe take Zach Efron pretty seriously and then he's like coming out with this movie. <laughs> like it's it's just I don't know. It's interesting happenstance, I guess. Anyways, yeah, March seventh, twenty twenty four is when this one comes out. If you're a fan of raunchy buddy comedies, then this is the ticket for you. I think I think it's fairly safe to say that. Let's let's continue to talk about movies that you know, I, well, I guess you mentioned Nerd Bomber that you're surprised that movie was not getting a theatrical release. The next movie we're going to talk about, Monkey Man, it has a very interesting story. So this is the movie that I mentioned uh, at the top of the episode as being a Jordan Peele involved project. He actually was not initially involved in this project. So this movie, uh, we got a trailer for this this past week. You can, for uh, not to paint with a broad brush, but like it looks like it's going in the direction of Indy and John Wick right? Dev Patel is directing this movie. He is starring in it. This is a movie that as far as I understand it and what I've read about it is that Dev Patel has been training for years and has been trying to sell himself to various projects as he wants to be an action star. He th- he's, he, he's trained. He wants to do the next John Wick thing. He wants to be that guy and he hasn't had the opportunity to do it. So he finally reached a point where he said, okay, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to write and direct a movie that I star in that does what I want to do which first of all, I think is a great thing. He did that. Netflix bought it and Netflix was going to basically put it out as a Netflix movie. Then via means I'm not actually hundred percent sure of Jordan Peele saw it. And he said, no, no. So he essentially, his production company, Monkey Paw Productions did something. I don't know if they bought it or what. Universal is now distributing it and it's getting a theatrical release this April, April 5th. So that's I don't like we'll talk about the trailer itself in a second, but I don't want to gloss over that. Like, I think this is a movie that probably has a very different life in 
theaters than it would on netflix i think on netflix this would get passed over quite a bit i think in theaters it could potentially have a very successful run and i think it's really great that jordan peele you know what this implies to me is that he's actively looking for things like this things that take a genre and do it in a different way and do it in a way that looks successful and he wants to elevate those things you know obviously it it stands to benefit him too financially but i do also like to think that he is from a creative perspective looking to do that and and constantly looking for things to to elevate so that all is great also yeah. like i i see what he sees and why he wanted to invest in this movie it this, oh yeah, likewise. To, to say that this is just an indian john wick is not doing it justice and i don't want to throw shade at john wick because it is it is it is a good you, you really series. can't john wick is amazing but, <laughs> yeah like. but what this did and what what i really like of it like that it did is it put a it gave you an action thriller sure but it has the veil of the story of journey to the west sort of following you through the story and in the background where he is the monkey king so to speak and he's he's trying to take down the demon king rather and I think that's so cool. You even saw this one. It looked like the final fight scene, right? And you saw the painting of Journey to the West in the background. There's So not only do you have this action thriller, but you have this artistic playing of, of, a, of an old legend and story going on in the background. And I think that's so cool. Yeah, I, I think this could be, I, I think this looked great. And to be clear, like me saying Andy and John Wick, that was not my intent. My, my intent was not to minimize what this is in any way. I love John Wick. I haven't seen the second one, but I've seen the first, the third, and the fourth, and each one has been better than the last. I think this could be a huge jumping off point for Dev Patel, who, like, by the way, has like had a lot of success in his own right already, but I believe this is the first movie he's directed and written. I always think it's very interesting when someone directs themselves in a movie. I have a hard time even understanding exactly how that Especially works a lot like of the time. Especially when the main character. You know, like, it's one thing, I feel like, to be a director... And maybe you have like a bit role and you only show up as like a side character. But when you are the main guy and the camera's on you most of the time, how are you directing other people as well when you're like, you can't see what's happening. I have this vision of like what a director does and they're sitting in their chair watching, you know, the film being filmed. And because they have the big picture, they can see like, oh, dude in the background isn't quite looking as angry as I want him to look. So we'll cut and redo that take. How do you do that when you're the one in the moment? acting i imagine i imagine the answer is you're relying a lot on your ad your, your assistant director and your cinematographer to get it right and then of course you're like probably probably watching the dailies when it's all over and saying hey this looked not great let's do this again tomorrow like i that's probably how it works but like the point is this movie which i think looks very poised for success i think it looks very flashy i think it looks like a movie that is going to get a really good critical and commercial response and if it does assuming it does like he's going to reap so much of the success because to a large extent, it's literally all him, right? Like he's writing it, he's directing it and he's starring in it. If you're going to call out any single one thing, chances are it's going to be one of those three things. So like it could be really huge for him. And I do believe him, like even just watching the trailer, not seeing the rest of the movie, I totally believe him as a, as an action hero. And it sounds like, again, the subtext here is that he's been working very hard for it. And it's hard for me to understand why people seemingly cannot see it because i think it's very easy to see i think some of it like some of his earlier roles and not all of them but some of them i feel like he got typecast early in his hollywood career as like well yeah slumdog yeah like he slumdog i didn't i never saw slumdog my understanding of it is that he's constantly being victimized and underestimated yeah right like that's his like so it may be hard to wash that off. Now, I, recently he did The Green Knight, which again, I also did not see, but I think that was again an attempt to kind of undo that typecasting. But yeah, you're probably right. I might right be wrong. That and like, I heard decent things, I guess, about The Green Knight, but I feel like an, yeah, a lot great. of people I know didn't actually see it. Like, we've all heard that it was pretty good, but I don't know a lot of people that actually watched it. A24 can be like that, which sidetrack there's a trailer for a movie that just came out an a24 movie called tuesday we're not going to talk about it on the podcast because it's insane but i would encourage all the listeners and you two to go watch it because it is like the most a24 trailer i've ever seen there's a talking parrot someone's dying from cancer it's like the weirdest thing i've ever seen so a24 can be like that but yeah dev patel like i'm 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 in i'm into this movie i love the idea of whenever i go to see john wick because i i saw both three and four in theaters like you go in knowing exactly what you're going to get right which is like all right this is going to be completely mindless i'm not going to learn anything but i'm going to like see a lot of really great action set pieces this 
Monkey Man, I think, has the potential to provide that and to draw that audience, but also surreptitiously teach them things and like expose them to other cultures, which is always a great thing. So like, I think what I, what I imagine the motive of this movie is, I think is very, very pure of heart and I'm very, very into it. And uh, at the end of the day, it's also just a really fun looking beat em up movie. So this is a definite, I don't want to say it's a definite theater watch for me, but it's a definite watch for me, no doubt. If I can swing it, I will see it in theaters. Yeah, I'm completely sold on both movies that we've talked about today. There's like no negative Nellies from me. Also, this is completely unrelated. I will watch both of these movies. I think they both look good. I was cleaning out an old purse of mine, you know, doing, I don't want to call it spring cleaning because it's still winter, but just doing some cleaning, cleaned out an old purse. It was kind of beat up, so I was getting rid of it. And I found my movie pass card, guys. What a day. What a summer. Hashtag movie pass. What, what's, what, what, an amazing, what an amazing summer that was for us. I think it was really a full year for me. What an amazing year it was. Wait, because we just did... Oh, God, that was so great. We had like an introductory trial. It was like three months for an even cheaper, ridiculous price. I think we paid like $5 for our cards for three months. And then after that trial, we canceled it. And the amount of movies that we saw for $5 was bananas. Absolutely bananas. Yeah, so Movie Pass, it is back. Like, like we, I think we talked about when it was coming but it's back. Not quite I just the Googled same. quickly. It's not quite the same. It's $10 a month. I'm looking at it right now. It's still pretty good. Let me say that. $10 a month, up to two movies a month. Cancel anytime is the basic plan. The standard plan is $20 a month, up to four movies a month. Cancel anytime. Premium is six movies a month for $30 a month. Now, I'm like, I'm sure there are like loopholes or whatever. Like there's probably blackouts. And I, I, again, that even that just sounds like it's too good to be true. Right. So I'm sure there are. And there's also, it's worth noting, there are specific NYC and SoCal plans that are more expensive because you know seeing movies in those places is more expensive but like that on its face if i had the level of free time i had when the first movie pass happened which was a lot of free time i would do this in a second two movies a month is not that hard to swing ten dollars a month is like pretty good it's it's, i'm I'm into that so i mean i don't know maybe movie pass should come back so i'm starting to think that maybe i should do this nerd bomber you shouldn't have brought this up sorry it's gonna change my it's gonna change my entire life anyways monkey man april 5th 2024 I think that's going to be one to keep an eye on. Let me put it that way. What did you think of those trailers, listeners? Monkey Man and Ricky Stanicki. You can let us know. At OWW86 is my Twitter handle. We have at OWNerdBomber, at OWTechnic, and our main show account, at OnlineWarriors1. Let us know what you thought of those trailers and anything else that we talked about on the show. We're going to take a short break now, and we're going to come back to talk about the Dune Part 2 popcorn bucket. That's right. We're going to delve into that conversational topic. But before we do that, I would be remiss if I did not shout out our fantastic Patreon producer, Mr. Stephen Keller. Stephen's been with us for quite a while now. He supported the show at the highest of our three Patreon support levels, which is the night level. As a result, he gets his producer shout out every episode. He gets weekly input into the game segment. He gets the occasional guest spot on the show. And of course, he gets monthly access to the secret segment and the vlog. You want to be like Stephen. You want to uh, reap those sweet, sweet benefits. But there's also a Squire level, which is one level lower, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog and a page level, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment. The details on any and all of those levels of support can be found over at patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. Head over there, say hi to us, say hi to Steven, consider giving back to the show that hopefully you are enjoying listening to. Thanks again to Steven. We'll be right back to talk about the Dune part two popcorn bucket. Welcome aboard to Vague Airlines. We're cruising here at uh, 40,000 feet. That might be too many feet, but what do I know? I'm not really an airplane. I'm a podcaster. Actually, I'm a co-podcaster. I'm the co-host of uh, several episodes of the Too Vague Podcast. If you haven't heard it, you're missing out. Check out the Too Vague Podcast. Any place podcasts do whatever they do. Ladies and gentlemen, the captain has turned off the fasten seatbelt sign. For your continued safety, Too Vague Airlines requires that you keep your seatbelt fastened at all times while seated. But, while you're seated, you can tune in to the Too Vague podcast, T-W-O-V-A-G-U-E, on your favorite podcast services, and enjoy the flight. Okay, we're back to talk, and this this part of the episode is going to get, this is going to be PG-13 at best, probably rated R. Let me just say that. Put the kids to bed for this segment. If you've been anywhere on the internet in the past week, you've seen 
the AMC promotional Dune 2 popcorn bucket. I have a Vulture article open in front of me that's talking about it. I just want to read a few things from this article that I found to be funny. Can I quote myself real quick? Sure. When I referred to this topic, I said, we're going to talk about fucking popcorn buckets. But really, was I saying, we're going to talk about fucking popcorn buckets. You know what I'm saying? All right, let's go. (laughs) Right. You said you decide where the comma is, which I thought was a good good goof. Quote, it looks like a flashlight or a puckered butthole or vagina dentata. Ooh, a vagina dentata. They repeatedly in this article refer to it as the Dune Part 2 fuck bucket, which I think is really funny. Look, like, I don't, I've never gone to the cinema and been like, give me the $30 goof bucket for any, any given movie. So I'm certainly not going to do it for the Dune 2 fuck bucket. But you were tempted. I think, no, I wasn't (laughs) tempted by any means. What, What I think the discussion is here is like, when they designed this bucket over at AMC HQ, I don't even think this is a discussion. They 100% knew what they were doing. Like, like I don't know that like Dune part two already has picked up enough steam in the public eye where like, it's going to be huge no matter what. I don't agree with you. I think there is a certain level of naivety where they just kind of pushed it through. No way. Yeah, absolutely not. They like knew. someone they probably knew. knew but thought it was hilarious the higher-ups did not know they knew that this was going to go viral and like the question the operative question is does this going viral like I-, I would love to know after the fact and we can never know of course but like i would love to know after the fact what does the dune 2 fuck bucket do to dune 2's box office numbers i think it makes it go viral and i think more people it has to yeah go up, it'll make it right? go up now here's the problem with it though let me ask you something when you guys so like Fuck bucket aside, did it bother you guys from a popcorn grabbing standpoint? Because when I grab my popcorn, I try to fit as it's many in the way. within my three fingers, your pointer, your ring, and your thumb. You clump a thing of popcorn, and you're going to have those little 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 teeth kind of pulling it out of your hand. Yeah, in terms of like a functional bucket, it's not functional for popcorn, yeah. that's for sure. Then that's why it's functional for other things. You To get popcorn, you, you have to like... It's not just a matter of the circumference of the opening. It's more so a matter of you got to kind of like alley-oop it. Like you have to raise your hand and curl it around to get into the worm's mouth. Whereas with a normal bucket, like, yeah, that's something I would say. If I bought this bucket, first thing I would do take is the like, lid the popcorn's off. in it. I would, take the, I would take the lid off and just be like, all right, now I can get to my popcorn like a normal human being. Like, I guess I can display this in my home after the fact because I'm a dune maniac. And but then like, when the popcorn's gone and like there's nothing said, but butter grease on there, you put the lid back on. Right. And exactly. It's it's weird. I do. The more I think about it, the more I do think they 100% knew it's intentional. They're getting free marketing out of this because everyone's talking about it. I mean, look, we're talking about it on the podcast. And again, I was going to see Dune Part 2 no matter what. I was going to see it in theaters. But like, weird for me to think about like what percentage of the population is seeing the Dune 2 fuck bucket and are being like, you know what? That's it. I'm in. Like, it's got to be a very small amount, but it's I probably don't know. Non-zero. I think this so, will pick like, up steam on TikTok. There will be some sort of like TikTok fuck bucket challenge and it will go from there. I'm, I'm not on that Jesus part of Christ. TikTok. And neither am I, but the statement still stands. But there is a part. Yeah, there is a part, I'm sure. I Yeah, like I'm, I'll be curious. Well, when I go see Dune, I don't think I'm going to go to an AMC, but like when I do... If I were to go to the AMC, I wonder how many people I would see with it. Because again, I don't think it's listed anywhere in the article, but like, this has got to cost like 30 bucks, right? Like, it's not worth that, but people will buy it for the joke, I guess. Which again, so like, yeah, I don't know if this is AMC trying to boost Dune's numbers or just AMC being like, all right, people think this is hilarious, so they'll buy it so we can charge $30 for it and make a killing. It's probably a little column A, a little column B. Yeah, I don't know. Let us know at o, at OW Legal eighty six. Are you are you gonna buy the Dune two fuck bucket? And if so, can you explain to me why? Because I don't understand it. What what movie? Here's a discussion question before we move on. What movie have you seen in the past ten years that you would have wanted slash bought a souvenir popcorn bucket for? Also, I guess I should ask this first. Do you guys have any souvenir popcorn buckets? Because I do not. You've wanted to me to buy the the Taylor Swift. New Era's popcorn bucket and they didn't have any. They didn't have any. No, we only have, we have like one of our local theaters and I don't even know if they still do it because it's been a while since we've been there, but they used to have 
buckets that you would buy and you could bring it back then for two bucks you'd get a, it was like a super big bucket it'd be two bucks and you'd get that full of popcorn and it was a really great deal the initial bucket purchase was like 15 bucks but then you know every refill was only two dollars but we haven't been to Picked that itself, yeah. that theater in a while and now one of those buckets at least has become the communal throw up bucket mm. i don't know if you guys have this in your house but like i feel like nice. growing up you, you everybody has a throw up bucket it's like a perfect bucket that everybody has for throwing up and it's great it's got handles you can put like a bag liner in there and it's, got, and it's great it's, it's got deep. depth people yeah. use like salad bowls and the problem with salad bowls like that geometry for for puke buckets is it's got the it's got a it's got a nice ramp to kind of come back at you if you're vomiting you're vomiting you know what i mean you need something with depth where it's just got a hard wall for the velocity to just deadhead and would you throw up into the dune two fuck bucket uh no i think the little fingers would get in the way if I, if my mouth can permeate the little fingers, then yes. Like if I can do like a lip puckering, like while I vomit, then then yes. Because now it's now like you've a, got an interesting shield. It's like a nozzle. Yeah. yeah, it's like a nozzle to throw up in. But I feel like the little fingers would like it, all of. This is probably too graphic, but it would get caught. It would permeate. It would get caught in the little fingers, and then oh, it, it would be bad. Yeah. And imagine cleaning that. You then. need to run, you, Yeah, you need to run some tests to to determine its viability. I do not own any souvenir popcorn buckets. If I were to own, like, if Endgame had come out with a real cool one, I, like, I probably would have considered it. Because, like, that was, like, the end of an era of, like, an entire, well, an entire era of movie going when that ended. I don't know what it would have looked like, necessarily. It would have had to have been cool. But, like, I can't think of another movie that in the past 10 years I would have been like, I'm going to go buy the, you know, the Knives Out popcorn bucket. I don't even know what that would look like. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens with the Dune 2 fuck bucket. Uh, right now, it's kind of just a meme, and that's uh, that's for good cause. Just made a souvenir I mean, cup. Would have been easier. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, that, maybe they will. Maybe that's coming. You know, it's hard to say. Well, that brings us to the part of the show where we talk about what, are you, what we've been up to. It's called What Are You Up To Wednesday? What are you up and, to uh, Wednesday? And I know I went first last week, so I'm going to defer this week. I'm going to start with Nerd Bomber this week. All right, so... We watched a couple movies. I'll let Tectic cover one, but I'll cover the other one that we watched. And I know I was stumping for this movie when the trailer first came out because I thought it might be cute. Ugh, spoiler alert. It was not cute. We watched Strays. It was bad. It was like, yeah, really bad. So now, do you remember what do you, do you can we just can we Tectic when you do the edit of this episode, insert the tape of me saying this is going to be bad because I know I really harped hard on the fact that this was not going to be good. I had high hopes. I thought it would be an adult version of Homeward Bound sort of deal. And instead, what they did with this movie is they just leaned into penis jokes and poop. And That's it. Yeah. Like the majority, mm-hmm. there's so many cool, fun things that you can do with dog humor. I feel like we all have, you know, funny stories about our dogs and our pets. And every now and then they would like toss one to you, like the fact that dogs circle before they go to bed. And I was like, if the movie was more of this and more just like heartfelt stuff and instead it was just like there wasn't an- But it was never gonna be they that. even they but even made fun of like Why? the dog narrating trope where it's like this is James and then like they were making fun of a dog that was doing that. And like and- that was funny. And then it's followed up by a scene where a dog is trying to get his junk rock hard enough to pull a thing of keys off a wall and it's just like what are we doing here who wrote this and the cast was fairly good i mean they even got dennis quaid to make a cameo how this, this movie was so bad i will never understand like i don't get it this was a hundred percent written by 12 year old boys a hundred percent that is exactly the vibe that it gives i just i again i think if you played back the episode where we talked about it i i feel like i might have said that like I, I was, I, yeah, I'm feeling very validated right now because I knew that movie was going to be bad. I'm sorry you had to go through. Well, that. like it shouldn't have been this bad. And you've got Will Ferrell who has been doing a great job of doing more heartfelt comedies. Like if this was something in the vein of like elf humor, but for dogs, it would have crushed it. It seemed like all their actors left their self respect at the door. Well, sometimes there were times when it seemed like the actors didn't even necessarily want to be there. Like the voice actors, like you could kind of tell. That they just kind of mailed it in. Yeah. And it was just like, what are we doing here, guys? It was almost, I don't usually turn off movies. But about halfway through, because this was something that Technic was like, hey, you know, I'm feeling a dumb comedy. Let's keep the ball rolling. Let's watch Strays. And halfway through the movie, I almost 
paused it and was like, can we, can we stop with this? And I didn't because I don't know. And then at the end, I felt like I had to be like, oh, it was Yeah, fine. you were being so polite. You were like, this, this is fine. And I was like, no, this was bad. You're like, oh, thank God. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> I usually don't yeah. hate movies, but this, man, I just wanted so much more from a cute dog movie. And it was not cute. And there were points, but again, it was mar- it was it was marketed as not a cute dog movie. It was marketed I, as I get that just the boys being boys. But like, like it was the whole. There point. were points that were just so far fetched and dumb and ridiculous. And there's another movie that technical cover that I kind of made it akin a comparison to Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, and this just felt like I can't even compare it to another comedy movie because it was that bad and. It was disappointing. Like you could have done it better. Well, like I said, I'm sorry that happened to you, but I'm I'm, I'm feeling it had a 69 percent on right. Rotten Tomatoes. Explain that because that should have had like a 10, maybe. I can't explain it because I'm looking at it now. Yeah, the, the audience was 69, critic score was 53. Audience is doing I'm me wrong. Either on this one. that high. Audience is doing me wrong. Yeah, well, fair enough. Again, I'm sorry that happened to you. That that's my main update. All right. Well, we'll we'll swing it over to Tech Day. It sounds like he may talk about a different movie. Hopefully one that was better than that. So the other movie we watched, again, we were watching just dumb comedies to kind of just just be chipper and laughy. And the other movie we watched was Please Don't Destroy the Treasure of Foggy Mountain. And this this was this is one of those movies where it's a dumb comedy. I'd give it like a six and a half out of ten. It's turn your brain off fun. There was, again, a little bit too much penis jokes. I don't know what's going on in the world of comedy with penis jokes right now, but they're hot. Um, I think we're better than that as a society. I really, really do. Well, yeah. And I don't know that, like, again, I think in 2011, 2010, like, it was it was peak penis joke time. I think we're past that, or I would like to think we're past that, like you said. Like, it seems like it should be over. But this was this was not bad. If, if, if you're, like, coming home from a night on the town and you're still kind of a little bit shit-faced and you want to watch an entertaining movie... Watch this movie. You won't you won't have a bad time. See, I would almost say this is the one that I compared to Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. And this is one of those comedies where there are definitely like, quote unquote, stoner moments of comedy. But there's also some more elevated, cultural, culturally relevant comedy beats. And it was a decent blend of both. And to me, like, not as good as No Hard Feelings, I don't think. But I think this was fairly good i think i'd rate it better than like a six and a half or whatever you said like if i'm just looking for like semi-smart stoner comedy this is this is pretty good and this is something stoner that stoner comedy is is probably the appropriate way to categorize it. it's it's yes it is perfect stoner comedy and honestly like we do need movies like this i think this was much better than strays i think that the audience is bearing you out on yeah like i don't know this was just a much better movie i was thoroughly entertained I don't know. I actually really liked this one. I appreciate that it's a tight 92. Again, that's something that I think more of Both of these movies were a tight hour and a half. Strays felt like it overstayed that hour and a half, but this movie definitely felt like a a solid 90-minute movie. Hmm, Yeah, Strays Strays is an hour 33, so you guys were were dialed into that that length of movie. Yeah. Mm, Fair enough. Tactic further updates for us, or is it is it my... Uh, I think I'm going to kick it over to you. The other stuff has just been keep on working on my hobbies and stuff. Uh, I finished God of War. Yes. And I, th- I think I might have said last week that I... I think I might have said last week that I had finished the story, but I wanted to do more stuff. I've satisfied my desire to do more stuff. Like, I didn't, f- I didn't 100% the game by any stretch of the imagination. I don't know what percentage... It's hard to really say what percentage I completed it, but... I really, really enjoyed it. As I kind of mentioned that I would be doing, I'm taking a beat before jumping right into Ragnarok. I might go back to Returnal. I haven't decided yet what my next game's going to be. But really, Spider-Man. really enjoyed it. Strong, strongly recommend to anyone. Spider-Man's too expensive. I'm going to wait. I, I I can wait. I have the ability to wait. And it's I mean, still $70. Just always do like so a, I'm going like to wait for it to come down. Friends too. That is an option. Because yeah, I have to give you guys back God of War. Because that, that was one that you guys let me borrow. Oh, I'll consider that. But yeah, it's a, it was a great game. Recommended to anyone who's looking to play a good game, I guess. Continuing to read Murtog, and it's great. It's very it's very long, so I'm going to be reading it for a while. I'm not. I think I'm between a quarter and a third of the way through. It's ramping up. It is doing a decent job reminding me of things. It's gotten better with at that than it initially was, is what I'll say. But the other update, the main update I want to provide is also a movie. Last night, my wife and I watched The Creator. Uh, this is a movie that came out 
I believe in the back half of 2023 in the fall. Oh, sometime. this is that sci-fi one, right? Yes, this is a Gareth Edwards movie. Gareth Edwards, of course, is the, I think it's that's who directed uh, Rogue One. This movie stars John David Washington, and it's for lack of a better term about a robot war. It was. It had some good action set pieces. The plot was pretty predictable. I was calling out stuff well before it was revealed in in the actual movie itself. I wouldn't. I would say it was a step above mid, but it was like close to mid as far as movies are concerned. You could do far worse, especially considering that it's on Hulu right now. If you have Hulu, you can watch it for free. It was a little bit on the long side. It was over two hours, and I don't think it needed to be. But it was, you know, overall a solid experience. I think it would have been great in the theater. This would have been a much better theater movie than a sit in the living room and watch it movie. It's also nominated for two Oscars, and that's not why I watched it. But it's nominated for best visual effects, and it's probably going to lose to Godzilla but it was pretty good with the visual effects. So if you want to see something cool, sci-fi looking that has some great action scenes, you you could do far worse. That's it for me for the week. Uh, So I'll swing it over to, I believe Nerd Bomber is providing the quiz today. I'll provide the quiz ranking updates. Recall that last week we all gave ourselves a nice pat on the back and gave ourselves wins. So Tactic is 2-0. I myself am 2-1. Nerd Bomber is 2-2. Tactic, are you doing the quiz today? Who's administering the curve? It is me. Nerd bomber. Okay. Oh, also, also Steven is one and zero. I neglected to mention that. So, tactic as our resident two and zero boy. Good luck. I don't know. Good luck staying undefeated. I plan on beating you, but I always plan on beating people in the quiz, and I never do. Nerd bomber, the floor is yours. All right. So this week the trivia is all about John Ham. If you're not familiar with the games, this is Price is Right style. So they go back and forth trying to guess the correct answer, getting as close to the number as they possibly can without going over. Whoever is closest gets the point. And they each have one single lifeline. The lifeline can be either a plus one on the other person's answer or the answer one, basically an answer of zero, to give themselves a wide range. So we shall start. And I believe Tactic goes first, right? Because he's in the lead. Yep, that is correct. So we'll kind of go through John Hamm's career from start to finish here a little bit. So... After he graduated from college, John Hamm actually returned to his old school, alma mater, not college, to teach where one of his students was Ellie Kemper. What grade did he teach? I thought you said he went back to his college. Primary schooling, K through 12, to teach where one of his students was Ellie Kemper. I'm going to say he taught... I don't think he has a teaching degree, so it's going to be like some gen ed class. So it's going to be like a high school where they're like, oh, let's get someone of industry or something. Da, 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 da. And I'm going to say he taught 10th grade. It's a strong guess. I, I, I am going to undercut you simply considering the age difference between those two people. I think I'm going to undercut you a little bit. I'm going to say sixth grade, thinking that it's somewhere between those two answers. All right. Illegal gets the first point. He taught eighth grade acting. And Ellie Kemper then would go on to have him star in his show, The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, later in life. So when telling... Sweet, I'm on Yeah, the you're on the board. When telling his you know, story of success, John Hamm has said that he kind of set himself an internal deadline at a certain age where then he would give up trying to make it in Hollywood if he wasn't successful. What age was his internal deadline? Well, he didn't hit it, that's for sure. I'm going to say 35, just because that feels right. I don't know. I'm going to say he was 15. It was 15 was the deadline. I see your tactic, smart tactic. You actually got it, even though illegal was closer. 30 was his deadline. So it's a tied game. Reasonable. Reasonable. So now moving into his actual big break, as we all know, his big break was when he landed a lead role in Mad Men in 2007. How many viewers did it premiere to? How many viewers watched the premiere? You mean like the Hollywood premiere, like in person? No, like the premiere episode. I'm going to say 750,000. Not as high as you'd think. Well, yeah, I, 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 this is tough because it's going to be very low. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say 750,001. He used his plus Just, one. I'm going to use my plus one. And he did it to great effect. It actually premiered to 1.4 million viewers. I wasn't that far off. Yeah, so it's still yeah. very low. Yeah, still very low. But like it, I, I almost went with one because I thought it might be below that. But that l- less than a million is pretty insane. So after he made his breakout, People named him one of the sexiest men alive. Which In what people? year? People magazine. That's a joke. I see what you did there. In what year did he receive that honor? It, he was a few years deep at this point. I'm going to say 2009. 
2010. Okay, you both busted. 2008, it only took oh. him one year of Mad Men fame. Ah, uh, shoot. Skyrocket up the sexy charts. A wasted plus one. That's a, that's a death knell tactic. Yeah. I had to, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. He was the right, was the right call. All right, so it's two to one. Illegal is winning. If Illegal gets this, then he takes the cake. If Tectic gets this, it's a tied game, and I have to quickly look up a tiebreaker. How many total award wins does John Hamm have under his belt? 16. It's a very good guess because I'm I'm sure Mad Men cleaned up and I'm sure he I'm sure he served as producer on so like he technically gets those awards too. I don't know if he's won any Oscars or anything for anything besides Mad Men. I'm gonna undercut you. I'm gonna I'm gonna say six. All right, Tactic gets that one. Twenty three awards under his belt. Sugar. So just all right. So tiebreaker. Give me one second. All right. What was John Hamm's salary? When Mad Men debuted per episode. Salary per episode. Yes. And this is a text in, correct? Yes, it is. I have submitted my answer. All right. So Tectic said 15K and Illegal said 54K. Illegal takes this one. His salary was $75,000 per episode. Let's go. That's a lot of scratch. That's like most people's salary for a year. So I moved to three and one. Tectic moves to two and one, which means... There's a new top dog in the house, and it's your boy. Nerd Bomber, of course, stays at two and two. Uh, she will face off against Tactic next week, at which point another lead change may occur. So be on the lookout for that. In the meantime, we thank you all for joining us here on the Online Warriors podcast. Feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you thought of the show, whether you thought it was good or bad. Uh, feel free to tell your friends. Uh, word of mouth is very important and powerful so we're, we're not averse to that and uh have a great week stay safe keep on podcasting